When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie Schnitt. I'm your host. I'm your driver. I'm so happy you're here joining me in the passenger seat. I hope you had the best week ever, but if you didn't, I'm happy you're here. Let's talk about it. I am happy you're here. My voice is a little crazy today because I did karaoke last night and also on Tuesday. Like, big week for karaoke. Like, huge week for karaoke. Also, a very busy week for me. I'm pretty, like introverted and I tend not to like I don't know I tend not to be like a plans every single day kind of person but for whatever reason it was just like I had plans and they were also like obligations like not just like a oh it's like have to like they were like things I'd bought tickets for or like things I'd RSVP'd for and birthdays and things I was like I can't miss this so there I was going out every day and I'm so tired <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm not I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Tuesday. Oh, actually, tomorrow is Tuesday, Tuesday, the day the episode comes out and I'm getting my Invisalign put on or I have to get like brackets on two of my teeth, which is embarrassing and is going to give me flashbacks to when I had a full set of clear braces on the top of my mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had clear braces on the top and they were like gross. Like, I don't know why I did that. They like never looked good. You could like see when food was stuck in them and stuff. Like, so I'm a little, I am a little concerned about the fact that I have to have brackets put on for this Invisalign, but it's only gonna be like three months. I can do anything for three months. And I'm very excited. I'm very excited because I have been insecure about my teeth for a long time. And I finally just fucking went ahead and did something about it. Because honestly, why the fuck not? <laughs> Weird week, weird weekend. I went on kind of two dates with Shrimp Cocktail Man, which, by the way, I feel like we need to give him a different name. But unfortunately, I think the shrimp cocktail thing is going to stick. <laughs> he uh, he did get shrimp cocktail on our on our date on Tuesday. And he said he was in on the joke. But I was like, I don't know, man. I think you just really like shrimp. That's fine. If like that, if you want that to like be your thing, like that's great. Like, I, I love that for you. <laughs> I don't like shrimp, but, you know, everybody has their loves and I'm happy for him if he just loves shrimp. But the date was good. It was our third attempt at a first date. And I will say of the three, it was it was a, the best one. It was a really good one. It was a good, if it was like a proper first date and that had been like the first time we ever met, it would have been like off the charts incredible. And it was like a good date, but it, you know, obviously it was not actually our first date. It was our third first date. Um, <laughs> but it was good. We went to the top of the Empire State Building, which I'd never been to. And he knew that. So he took me and it was really nice. And then we were in K-Town and he was like, do you want to just like do karaoke? And I was like, yeah, I will absolutely go and do karaoke with you right now. And we got a private room. I don't know why they were like, yes, we will give a room with a door and a couch to these two people on a date. But they did. And there was kissing. There were shenanigans. Shenanigans did ensue. We did a couple songs. And then we did Breaking Free from High School Musical, obviously. And so cheesy. But then that's he. That's when he kissed me for the first time. It was our third first kiss also. And this was the best one for sure. Uh, it was nice. And then we like spent the rest of the time definitely doing karaoke. But then also there was kissing. 
but there was also a lot of singing. There was a lot of karaoke and we did karaoke for two hours. Like that's so fun. <laughs> that was so fun. So it was good and I felt really good about it and felt like things were great. And I did end up seeing him on Saturday. Saturday night, I went to the weirdest party I've ever been to in my entire life. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart and my soul. I don't know why I was in attendance at this event. First of all, I was the least impressive person in the room by far. Every single person was like some kind of high ranking government official. And then like there was me. But (laughs) it was this guy who's like a pollster, a pollster being somebody who (laughs) does polls. (laughs) I don't know. He does like political polling. So he's like, do you approve of the president? And then you're like, yeah, or no. And then he's like, the president's approval rate is whatever. I'm sure you did not need that explanation. But just in case you did, I feel like that was a very clear way of explaining what a pollster is is and, and does. But anyways, went to this party he was throwing. It's in this like loft that he lives in where no one else lives in the building. So he can throw these like really crazy parties. And it was like Burning Man themed. And there was a photographer there from the New York Times, like life and style section. So like that was a whole thing. And um, there was just a man there with a lightsaber, like kind of like a, honestly, could have been a real lightsaber, like mm, looked pretty real to me. But he was just like brandishing this lightsaber and swinging it around on the roof all night. And he would not let me touch it. He let a lot of other people hold this lightsaber, not me. I was not allowed to play with the lightsaber. And I just want to know why he wouldn't let me. It feels uh, motivated by sexism, personally, I think. Also, like, I don't get it. Do I not have the force? Do I not give Jedi vibes? Because I think I do. I've literally watched every Star Wars movie. I deserve it. But he also said that he's like a professional lightsaber. I don't know what that means. I don't I did not know it was a career path. I didn't know that you could be a professional at lightsabering. So don't really know what that means, but happy for him. He seems like he was having a a grand old time leaping around the roof, brandishing his uh, lightsaber. But I am a little bitter that I didn't get to play with it. Anyway, Shrimp Cocktail Man came to this party with me, which was kind of big, actually, because um, I introduced him to one friend which was Gina that's who I went to the party with and she was a little bad cop you know she was a little like tough with him at first because she was like he has to impress me and I'm like I get it I honestly do but he's very charming and nice and she likes him so yay (laughs) one friend one friend has approved huge but I was feeling like a little nervous about him coming to this party with me or seeing him twice in one week kind of three times because I had also seen him like Thursday and that felt like okay I don't want things to be moving this fast like I I knew that but I didn't really know what to do with that feeling or how to articulate it but we left the party and we walked and we ended up having a really good conversation about the pace and how things were going and like the whole relationship stuff And it was really, really good. And I really actually want to talk about what it means to take things slow because I feel like I've had this kind of fundamental misunderstanding of it. And I think we should talk about it. So yeah, what are we talking about today? First, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what does it actually mean to take things slow. And then that leads into two topics that I thought kind of relate to that one is um there was a girl who's in her first relationship and she wants to make sure she's not like missing anything or doing something wrong or whatever and she just wanted some tips on that um and then I was thinking that we could talk about balancing friendships and relationships because I think that also comes along with taking things slow we're also going to talk about disagreeing with your partner on things that are kind of important like how much does it matter if you guys disagree on you know certain topics. We're also going to need to come up with our fall vibe. I think we need to talk about that. Like what is the name of our fall vibe? We had volleyball girl summer. What are we doing this fall? Let's talk about that. I also got a voicemail about friend breakups and a voicemail that was asking about feminism in general. And it was an interesting continuation of the conversation we were sort of having last week about paying, you know, who pays for the date. And I thought we could have a little fun talking about that. And that is going to be our episode. So if that sounds fun, fresh, flirty, f- f- fuck, <laughs> fuck, yeah, Fer- ferocious to you. Keep on listening.
my best friend from college just texted me and she's like, let me know why everyone's getting engaged right now and we're not. Like, that's so shady. She's so right. What's the deal with that? <laughs> I do not want to be engaged right now, but it is a little shady that no one's ever proposed to me. Like, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. It doesn't make sense to me. I am giving wife vibes. I also just got a text from a guy that I went on one date with who really liked me in high school. And like for some reason, like we went on like a bad date, like a, a bad date. And he still reaches out to me sometimes. I'm like, really? I feel like I was kind of a bitch to you. Uh, but, you know, something's in the air, man. Something's going on. There's a, I don't know. People are acting a little crazy this cuffing season. I don't know what the deal is. Anyways, let's talk about what does it actually mean to take things slow? I feel like for most of my life, I've been under this understanding or assumption that when we talk about taking things slow, we're talking about taking things slow physically, which it is. I mean, you you know, taking things slow physically is certainly something that you can do at the start of a relationship. For me, it is something that's kind of important. I have to do that because uh, short answer, I'm fucking crazy and I really need to kind of not have sex right away because I'm very easily dignitized and I can convince myself I like just about anyone if I have good sex with them. So <laughs> for me, the physical aspect needs to move really slowly alongside the emotional aspect, but I am someone who tends to kind of rush into things head first. And so I didn't really understand the emotional aspect of taking things slowly, you know, the non-physical aspect. Like, what does that mean? I also think that when people talk about um, taking things slow, it's often used in a context of like, I don't know how to put this, like a power play, like kind of like a game that you're playing, like you're kind of withholding sex or, or whatever because, you know, you want to hold on to this certain card in the relationship and you don't want to give it up. And that's not, like I get that. I feel like that's kind of what we've, been taught like oh if you withhold sex from a man in a relationship like then he will respect you or something like some shit like that but I'm gonna tell you right now first of all that's bullshit I know you know that that's bullshit but it is it's bullshit and also taking things slow physically if you're not somebody like me who like <laughs> once again like ha like I'm I need to take things slow physically or I will go crazy um taking things slow physically is not nearly as important as taking things slow emotionally as taking things slow emotionally. But what does that mean? What does it mean? Because I don't think anybody had ever talked to me about that before in my life. I had no idea what it meant until the moment that I was feeling, okay, something is moving too fast and I think I need to slow it down, but I don't know how to. So I was telling you guys, I went out with Shrimp Cocktail Man Tuesday and then I saw him again on Saturday because he wanted to see me. And of course, I wanted to see him. I have so much fun with him. We're obviously very attracted to each other. We wanted to see each other again. But it was a lot. For me, it felt like a lot. And I was talking in therapy. I was like, I just feel like it's too much. It's moving too fast. I don't want I don't want to jump into this. Like, I want to make sure I'm like making choices that are kind of even headed or something like I want I don't want to like leap into something head first and not really be sure what I'm doing like I want to make really purposeful choices in pursuing this as a relationship and it was like actually really stressing me out because in past relationships I have kind of just let things go as they will you know have dived into things perhaps a little bit too fast and I ended up kind of regretting it because I didn't actually take the time to think to myself well am I having fun do I actually like this person? Is this something that I actually want to pursue? Or am I just like in too deep now? And now here we are, you know, like, <laughs> so I had a conversation with Shrimp Cocktail Man. And it was very hard and very scary because I'm not super good with the communication stuff. As much as I am constantly on this podcast, like communicate, you can do it. Like, yeah, I know that logically. It's very hard. Like, don't think I ever am telling you to do something and not understand that it is fucking hard because communication, like if you are not someone who grew up in a household, perhaps where communication was really common, like um, or boundaries were really common. These are things that you have to learn as an adult. And they're really they're really hard. So we had this conversation and I basically was like, I love spending time with you. I have so much fun with you, but I just think we need to kind of slow things down because 
you know, a couple of reasons. One, I want to make sure we're we're keeping our heads here a little bit. I don't want to dive into something too fast. And then also, you know, I am still a little bit scared. It's scary. Like you did hurt me <laughs> twice. And I am still a little bit scared about that. And I just need to make sure that we're moving at a pace that is kind of equal to how well we know each other. And he was very, like, great about it, like, really understanding. And also, like, told me on his end that, like, yes, like, he tends to kind of jump into things. And, like, he, his instinct is just, like, oh, I love spending time with this girl. I want to see her more. But, like, he completely understood where I was coming from. And then he asked me, like, what a cadence would be that I was comfortable with. And I was like, well, like, once a week. And then he asked me, like, well, what about, like, texting in between? Is that fine for you or whatever? And I was like, yes, absolutely. It was just a great conversation where we talked about where we were, like, where our heads were at in the relationship. Like, not relationship, but you know what I mean. And it was good. I feel like I never break the fourth wall in relationships, you know? I feel like I kind of have always been someone who, like, lets things barrel ahead and I don't really think about it. And I think part of taking things slow emotionally is having those check-ins once in a while and making sure you're doing things at a pace that you're comfortable with. There's no set of rules that tells you, like, oh, you have to see each other this amount of time or it's weird if you do this or this is too fast or this is too slow. I'm not sure I can tell you that specifically, but I can tell you that if your gut is telling you "Mm, something is feeling a little fast or something's not feeling right or you need more from somebody, it's worth having those check-ins once in a while just to be like, this is how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? So I think we do need to just put more emphasis when we talk about taking things slow on that emotional aspect. Because I know like how intoxicating it can be when you meet somebody and you have feelings for them. And you know, you have a crush on them. You're really excited by them. You want to see them all the time. And that's great. But you really, really, really have to resist the urge to just like dive in like that. Because when you do, you might be missing some of the things that would tell you hey, maybe this isn't the person for me, right? It's kind of that like um, you've got rose-colored glasses on. You're so excited by this person and you're seeing them three times a week, four times a week. You're seeing them all the time. You guys are like having sex and it's this beautiful, wonderful thing. And then, you know, six months later, you're like, oh, I completely missed this gigantic, huge red flag. And I also wasn't paying attention to the fact that I actually don't really have that much fun when I'm with him. I just like the way it it felt to be wanted. You know, these are very common things. I feel like sometimes that happens. Like you get really excited about being in a relationship or meeting someone great and you don't actually take the time to slow down and go, but is this actually what I want? And that's what taking it slow is about. It's not about power. It's not about being the the person who's in control of the relationship. It's about being in control of yourself. It's about making sure you're making choices that actually make you happy. But it's fucking hard. It's really hard when you just like are enjoying the way something feels so much. It's really hard not to just go for it. But I would urge you, instead of putting a lot of emphasis on taking things slow physically, I would urge you to like check in with yourself and make sure you're going at a pace that you're comfortable with emotionally because that is way more important than the physical stuff. It can feel really good to be with somebody, but they might not be the right person for you. And we don't waste our time. We're strong and independent. We don't waste our time. But I just thought that was really interesting because it was never something I'd considered. I thought that something moving fast meant that, well, it must be right. Like there must be something real here if if this is moving fast, because why else would it move fast? But I think if you're speeding on the highway, it can be really fun, but <laughs> you might miss the signs for your exit. You know what I mean? That's my That's my metaphor. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. I'm probably going to come back to this topic like later down the line just because it is still something really new that I'm thinking about and something that I don't fully have a handle on. But, you know, I'll see how this one plays out. I'm feeling really good about having had the conversation at least because, you know, I also like, you know, I'm still dating other people and have other relationships and connections like I want to explore. So I don't want to be like 100% committed to somebody after two dates. Don't 100% know how to end this because again, like it's still like a very fresh thing and we'll figure it out together. But if you have any thoughts about this, if you have ever, for example, dived way too fast into a relationship and completely missed a red flag, we can talk about that because I've, (laughs) I've definitely done that. 
Or if you have tips on taking things slow emotionally and what that means to you, I want to hear about that as well. You can leave a voicemail. You can send a DM. I would love to hear about that. But let's move into our next two voicemails, which kind of connect to this topic. Okay, okay, okay. So we were talking about taking things slow in relationships. And then I got this voicemail about being in your first relationship. And I thought it would be kind of an interesting segue, perhaps. Um, So hold on, let's listen to our very first voicemail. Hi, Ellie. Uh, I want to start by saying thank you for all the years and years of advice and stories you've offered on your podcast. You're just, you're the best. Okay, so I wanted to see if you can give some advice on starting a new relationship. I'm 22 and I'm about um, one month into my first real relationship ever. And I just want to make sure it's not like missing anything cutesy or, you know, like make sure I'm not missing anything when I'm in a relationship. I don't even really know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, so if you have any like advice on starting a new relationship. That'd be great. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. For sure. For sure. So do you kind of see what I mean about this connecting? Like this idea of, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I don't know if I'm going to miss something or I don't know if there's something I should be doing this early in a relationship. The short answer is go listen to the last segment and make sure that you're checking in with yourself pretty often about, am I having fun? Do I like this person? How do I really feel? Are we moving at a pace that I'm comfortable with? Do I see this person fitting into my life? Like These are all questions you can continue to ask yourself, but also it's so early in a relationship. You don't always know the answer, but it's good to kind of keep those things in mind. You're 22. You're not necessarily looking for the most serious relationship right now, but you never know. You never know what things can turn into, you know, but I remember my first real really I remember my first real relationship. I was also concerned that like like I was doing something wrong. Like I felt like I didn't really know what I was doing as though there was some script. Like there was something I had said this to my therapist a couple times actually. I felt like everyone but me had it was like I was sick the day of school where everybody else learned how to be in a relationship. Like, I just completely missed the lesson and everybody else understood intrinsically how to be in a relationship and I didn't know what I was doing. But that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. You might um, become more comfortable with things like communication. You might become more comfortable with things like meeting friends, meeting parents. But every relationship is unique and every person is different and There's no set script or set expectation of what you should be doing in your relationship because it's your relationship. Actually, if someone is like following a script and doing like the same thing in every relationship, first of all, scary. It's giving serial killer. Like it's giving psycho. Like it's not a good situation. Like that would be bad. Like a guy that like basically does the same things with every woman, uses the same lines expects a relationship sorry I don't mean just a guy like a person who is like okay we go on date one date two date three we have sex and then date four date five date six I ask you to be my girlfriend and then we kind of see each other for a while like someone who's like genuinely following like rules or or someone who's doing that same thing every time as though there's like a relationship rule book that they're reading that's weird (laughs) that's weird So I wouldn't worry that you're missing anything. Like I said, make sure you're questioning and checking in with yourself, but enjoy the experience and the new feelings because there are going to be new experiences and new feelings that you have. And that's fun to experience them for the first time. But you're not, you can't do anything wrong. Like (laughs) you can't, you're not going to like do something wrong that like everybody else knows what to, okay, like... (laughs) A fear of mine was always like uh, going along with the lines of everybody else took a relationship class and I missed it for some reason. It's kind of like, you know, when you like take public transit for the first time or something and you think everybody else there knows like the rules of the bus and like you don't and you're going to do some crazy faux pas 
on the bus and everyone's going to look at you like, this bitch does not know how to ride the bus. <laughs> like, I felt that with relationships too. Like I was going to do some insane faux pas that like you just don't do in relationships. That's not, you can't do anything that wrong. I pinky swear that you cannot. It's as long as you're following your heart and listening to yourself and being honest and open, communicative and excited to experience the new things and also like being open about the fact that like this is the first time you're experiencing some of these things, you're going to be fine. You cannot fuck it up. I promise you can't. There's not like some rule book that you didn't read. Just have fun. And remember, if you do make a mistake like you, um, there was something you didn't communicate about or you aren't sure what the etiquette is of like meeting up with an ex or something, you can ask. You can talk to your partner about that. You know, you can say like, I didn't know if it would be okay if I did this. And then they'll tell you, yeah, it would totally be okay if you did that. Like there's no, if you're with somebody who's a good person, you can't fuck up because they're there to like talk to you and help you and make sure that you, both of your relationship, like your both of your experiences in the relationship are as strong as possible because it's 50-50. It's not on you to like do anything perfectly. It's on the two of you to create something together. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I promise you can do this. Let's get into our next topic, which I also think stems off of the what does it mean to take things slow, which is balancing friendships and relationships. This is not a voicemail. This is not a DM, although I have gotten 10,000 DMs about this. (laughs) Like I truly have written this down in the notes of episodes um, pro- mm, was this is the 30th episode of this show. I've probably done it 25 times and just have never done it because I always felt like, oh, it's such like an important topic and I don't want to fuck it up. And I also feel like I'm not always super great about it. So I was like, maybe I'm not the right person to talk about this with. But no, let's talk about it, because like I said, when I was talking about taking things slow, sometimes when you meet somebody new, you lose your fucking head and you just want to spend all your time with them. And that's normal. It's this almost like hedonistic feeling of like giving into the pleasure of being around someone who wants you, makes you feel wanted, that you want, that is interesting, that you're attracted to. Like, I get that. I get that feeling of really wanting to just be with that person all the time. And people do it. People disappear. I'm sure you've had friends who just completely disappear when they get into relationships. And you know why they do that? It's because they're not taking things slow. (laughs) It's because they're not. They are not checking in with themselves. They are just jumping right the fuck in. But when it comes to balancing friendships and relationships, it's important because you don't want to be a dick and like abandon your friends. But it's also important for you and your relationship, like the health of you and your relationship are somewhat dependent on you knowing how to balance those two things. I think number one is your friendships, your platonic friendships, are not less important than a romantic connection. Think of them as equally important because a balance of those two things is actually going to help you in your romantic relationships. Spending time with your friends, remembering that, that you have this other, this like whole life and these, these experiences and this personality and all these experiences and memories outside of the person that you're dating, that's important. That's a good thing. Because in that way, it's a lot easier to keep your head on straight and not lose yourself in the new relationship. And as a friend, like obviously you want your friend to be happy. You want to encourage them to like see the person that they're dating all the time. Like you want them to be happy, but it can be hard when your friend starts you know, only spending time with their significant other. And then also like you might worry, you know, if you're not seeing your friend and they're only seeing their significant other, you know, you might not know what's going on with them or something serious could be happening and you wouldn't know. Like there are a lot of reasons why balancing friendships and relationships are important. I think a big part of that is like mm, making sure you have like individual moments with your friends where you're not like bringing your significant other to everything right? Like if you have plans with your friends and you guys are like going to go to a show together and get drinks, get dinner, whatever, that's like something where you don't say, I'm going to bring my boyfriend to that. Is that okay? You know what I mean? Like you need to give your friends undivided time with you because otherwise they're probably going to start feeling like, oh, you don't care about 
us. Like you only care about this relationship. You're not here to be like, you don't put, you don't value us as much as you value this relationship. And that doesn't feel good. Like as a friend that that would make me feel really sad. So it's making sure you have time where it's just the girls or just like the friends or just if, you know, God forbid your relationship doesn't work out. The people who are going to pick you up are your friends. And I feel like I'm talking about this all as um, like the ways in which just like being nice to your friends is advantageous to you as a person. But it's also like that support system is so important and everyone wants to feel valued. So taking the time to be with your friends, going to important events, going to birthdays, going to things that you know are meaningful to them and going alone going by yourself. I know it's tempting. You want to bring your significant other everywhere. You have this like permanent plus one. It's this awesome feeling. But but it is important to be yourself, like have your own life separate from that person. It is important to keep your friendships really strong because friendship is really important in people's lives. You can't survive on just a significant other alone. You can't. You need you need friendship. We all need friendship. I think you can give people a little bit of grace. Um, like if it's it's your friend who's doing it, like your friend is the person right now who's like completely dignitized, like is never, you. she's disappeared. She's gone. Like you never see her because she's always with this person that she's in a relationship with. I think there's like a grace period you can give someone, like you can give someone like that honeymoon, like two months of being a little flaky. And then after that, it's like, all right, shape up. (laughs) We want to see you. We want to hang out with you. But it's never to be like, oh, you're bitter that, you know, you're unhappy that your friend is in a relationship. Be happy that your friends are in relationships. Be happy that you're in a relationship. But don't forget that that you are still an individual person outside of your relationship and maintaining individual relationships with friends, maintaining individual hobbies or things that you do with only your friends and not your boyfriend. Those are really important to keeping you fucking sane (laughs) and making sure that you are actually taking things at an appropriate pace where you're not going to lose yourself. Your friends will help you to keep your head on straight and really make sure that you're not jumping into something that's going to make you unhappy. Because your friends are not going to let you be unhappy. Also, if you have friends who will let you be unhappy, they're not good friends. But I definitely disappeared a little bit in my last relationship. And I was really unhappy, but I wasn't seeing my friends very often without that person. And so it was hard for them to know how I was feeling or what I was going through until we were alone and I broke down crying. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what we want. We want to be seeing people often. I mean, at least once a week, you're seeing friends, you're seeing someone who is not your significant other, especially if you live with them, because A, you love your friends, and B, they love you. They loved you long before you got in a relationship. They will love you long after. So if you're in a new relationship and you're neglecting your friends, (laughs) text them right now. Text them right now. If you are a friend whose friend is in a relationship and is neglecting you, text them right now. Friendship is the most important thing that we have. I will stand by that to the day that I die. So text your friend right now. Reach out. Make sure you guys are seeing each other. And don't friends do not let friends get wrapped up into relationships too fast. <laughs> and that's that on that. Let's get into our next two topics. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, So I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for, gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel... Like, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix 
or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LND. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, before we get into this voicemail, I just wanted to talk about our fall plans. This is what I'm thinking, but I want to hear your feedback. This is just where my head's at right now. I'm thinking Gilmore Girls fall. Now, I don't really like Gilmore Girls. (laughs) But you cannot deny that the aesthetic is impeccable. The aesthetic is giving fall. Like these are women who move fast. They talk fast. They wear cute little outfits. It's giving plaid. You know, it's giving fall. Sweaters, jeans. They always have a cup of coffee in the hand. Hair is always done nicely. A little bit of lip gloss, not too much makeup. You know, a scarf, a little hat. Like that I feel like could be a good vibe. But I would like to hear your thoughts and your feelings about this. I feel like the whole thing with Gilmore Girls is they're like mm, kind of not like other girls. But I almost feel like that like cool girl, <laughs> that unattainable, not like other girls, cool girl um, thing is kind of a vibe for fall. Like we're not cool girls. Like we're not like not like other girls girls, but like the easy breezy, beautiful, just a little bit of flush on the cheeks from the from the fall wind. I feel like that is a vibe. Also, like, that fashion, that, like, Y2K fashion is also very in right now. So I feel like this could be good for us. But I want you to give me your thoughts and feelings. Or if you hate it, if you have another suggestion, if there's something you think would be better, LMK will come up with it together because we need our fall vibe. It's very, very important, especially with the new Taylor Swift album coming out. Like, we really, really need to get on that. But okay, let's get into this voicemail um, about disagreeing with your partner. Hey, Ali. I just tried recording a voice message, but I, my brain went numb and I just, you know, my words didn't come out right. But basically, I have been dating my boyfriend for the last year and a half, and we agree on all of the foundational things that you should agree on, um, politically, socially, all that good stuff. Um, but I was just wondering if you had any advice for someone in my situation who has disagreed with their partner a few times over things that are, like, relatively important but not breakup-worthy, you know, how to navigate those hard conversations without there being any sort of resentment, um, 
and how to recover from those without holding on to that if it's not something that you want to break up over. Yeah, any sort of advice you have for that. Thanks. Love the podcast. Bye. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry that I said cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I th- so I think this is like a very interesting uh, question. I also am curious as like, what is it that you are disagreeing on that's not important enough to break up, but is still that significant? Like, I don't think I can think of a an example of something that would be like that. But um, there's two sort of answers here, I guess. One is people disagree on shit. Like we do. People disagree on shit. We don't have to have all the same opinions. I think particularly in relationships, like you want to be like, I don't know, there's an instinct of like, well, if we're a perfect couple, a perfect relationship, then we agree on everything. And, you know, there's never any fights about stuff. We don't argue about things. And like, that's just like not true. Couples disagree on things. Couples disagree on things all the time. In fact, I think part of what makes a healthy relationship is being your own person and having your own thoughts. But you're saying these things are kind of significant, like, you know, what's the expression? Opposites attract? I think, I mean, you said, like, you agree on the things that are important. These are not things you would break up over. I'm not sure that's, like, such a a big thing unless you foresee it becoming a bigger issue in the end or down the line, like, in the future. I don't know. Like, if you disagree on, okay, like, if you're in a very serious relationship and you guys are thinking about getting married and maybe you both want kids one day, but you completely fundamentally disagree on how to bring up children, like what disciplining children means or like teaching them manners or whatever, like you disagree on those things. I mean, maybe it's not something you need to think about right now, but that could be a a real problem in the future. Is this somebody who's likely to compromise? Is this something where you guys, it's like a diametrically opposing issue. Like there's no middle ground. You can either, it's um, mutually exclusive. Like you can't agree with both things. Like one thing, like these are opposite opinions that cannot find any common ground. Like these are important questions. Like it, like how how big of a disagreement is it? And is it possible to have compromises? Because if it's not, I mean, I don't know how you're defining something that's like worth breaking up with over. But I'm going to tell you this. The little things sometimes become the big things. I don't want to scare you. I'm not telling you like you should freak out about this because more likely than not, it's not even something to blink about or worry about. But I do think like the little things sometimes become the big problems. Like the little things that you kind of disagree with eventually might become the big thing that is like the fundamental problem within your relationship it's not always but like like okay Uh, in my last relationship for example as I've mentioned we've fundamentally disagreed on exes like I was like I don't talk to my exes I think it's actually very weird to be friends with exes like close friends and it's just not something I do and he was completely in the opposite direction. He's like, I like am friends with all my exes and like we're really close and like that's weird. <laughs> and eventually that was kind of the thing that made things bad, like made things really not work between us because we just like it was this little disagreement in the beginning and it turned into something really like nasty by the end. You know, it kind of had a life of its own. So if it's a really important thing, but not breakup worthy, ask yourself if there is a compromise or if they're willing to compromise about that opinion, if they even understand your point of view on that opinion. Because disagreeing on something is one thing. Disagreeing and not respecting the fact that your partner has a different opinion, that's going to be a fucking problem. That's an issue. That's something that's a red flag. But if you're with somebody, I mean, you've been with them for a long time, it sounds like. So you're with someone who theoretically loves and respects you, They should be able to understand your point of view on things, even if they don't agree with you. And that's a completely separate thing. Like, that is fine. People disagree all the time. I have friends I have big, you know, disagreements with on just simple things. But, like, we love each other. And, like, at the end of the day, I understand where they're coming from. So it's all about kind of the reaction. It's not about the opinion so much as it is about the reactions and, like, the feelings about those opinions I mean, there are certainly things that are, again, diametrically opposed to each other. Like, fundamentally, if that person thinks this thing, then you guys cannot be in each other's lives or be friends. But, like, 
I don't know. I don't talk about my brother very often, but like we're, we're very different people with very different views and beliefs and thoughts and feelings and just like hobbies, activities. Like we're just really, really different. I don't agree with most of what he thinks and does, <laughs> but I understand, like I respect him. I respect his opinion. He doesn't agree with anything that I think or believe or do. And like, but... We still talk about those things, understanding that we have disagreements. It's not like a um, fuck you because you believe this. It's like uh, I'm going to make fun of you a little bit for your belief. You're going to make fun of me a little bit for my belief. But at the end of the day, we respect each other enough to know that, like, you know, this is not something that's going to make us never speak to each other again. You know what I mean? Of course, that's family. It's a little bit different. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's about respect. It's not about the opinion. Um, but yeah. I am curious, though. I'm curious about what those <laughs> what those might be. Like, I know, I'm sorry, I'm being like nosy, I'm being messy. But I do want to know, like, what are the small things that you disagree on that are not breakup worthy that are enough for you to call into the show? Like, I am curious. So if you have, um, <laughs> if you have the desire to send another voicemail and perhaps spill that tea for us, I mean, listen, I would not be opposed. <laughs> I can't think of anybody who would be opposed. I love listening to other people's gossip. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into our last two voicemails. You guys, I was with this guy last night um, for my friend's birthday party who had the most beautiful brown eyes I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. I was just, like, kind of staring at this man. Like, <laughs> probably weirdly. I didn't mean to be, but he just had, like, beautiful... Like, I don't know how to explain. I feel like when people say, like, oh, like really beautiful blue eyes, like, you can... They're, like, really clear, whatever. Like, these were, like, very just, like, dark, but, like, had, like, brightness to... The, I don't know. They were really, really pretty, and I'm, like, still thinking about that. I, like, love brown eyes but those were very special i'm still thinking about them <laughs> i le- i really do love brown eyes especially on men i think that they're really beautiful um i really do love brown eyes i like have always a little bit been jealous of people with brown eyes i think that they're really pretty um and they just seem like warm and comforting and nice i feel like there's all these memes now about blue eyes you know like the miley cyrus <laughs> Miley Cyrus picture like people with blue eyes look at you like that and it's like yeah that's probably true it's fucking true so anyways um let's talk about uh friend breakups hi Allie I'm a huge fan um I do have a question but I did want to give you a little quick story first I am a pre-k teacher and we were hooking up the speaker today to um, play music at nap time, and my podcast started playing because I had connected the other day. And of course, it's the one time in the podcast, like one or two times, that you say you don't fucking want to go. <laughs> and these kids all look at me because we have issues with them saying that word. And I'm like, oh my god, we have a party now, ghost in the classroom. Um, and they totally bought it. But I just wanted you to know that you're really adding enrichment to the lives of many, many people, including small children. <laughs> but anyway, my question is how do you get over a friend breakup? Um, I had a pretty good friend um, for a really long time, um, and a lot of stuff went down. And it's, honestly, it's been a while, but I just feel like I'm not getting over it. I was talking about therapy. But I didn't want to know if you had any insight or things to add to friend breakups, especially when um, it's been so long that, like, there is truly really nothing you can do. Like, texting him would be weird. Um so yeah, just any insight you have to add to that would be great. All right. I love you. Bye. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm enriching the lives of preschool children by swearing at them. Um, <laughs> that seems about right. My mom is also a preschool teacher and actually my brother is too. So we love the pre-K profession in this household. Anyways, friend breakups. Something I've talked about a lot before. But what I do want to reiterate for you right now is that it's okay to be sad about it for a really long time. Like, it's literally okay to be sad about it forever if you want to be. Friend breakups are so fucking sad. They're so depressing. They're so much worse than, like, a prop, like a relationship breakup. They really are because, damn, like, you're really just losing someone that you didn't think you were going to lose. Like, when you date, there's always a shot that you're going to lose that person. Friendship, it's like, <laughs> friendship lasts forever. What's the, um, 
a circle is round. It has no end. That's how long I want to be your friend. You know, the Girl Scout thing. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know the Girl Scout round, I probably sound not so great there. But but I feel like with friendship, you're like, oh, BFFs, best friends forever. Like, And in a lot of ways, friendship is more durable than other kinds of relationships. Like, you know, you have friends that you don't hear from very often or don't see very often, but the love is there and the friendship is there and it doesn't really fade away. There are friendships that like do fade a little bit, but again, the love still stays there. That's not like a breakup, but a proper breakup. Oh, it's so sad. It's so fucking hard. It's it's like very, very upsetting. It's shattering in a lot of ways. Every like real like friendship breakup that I've had in my life, like those are like significant moments for me. Those are things I I still think about. Those are like, I mean, over all my life, I mean, I've lived 26 years. It's not a super long time, but over throughout my whole life, remembering all these friends I've had, like those friendship breakups, like the three big ones, they really stick out to me as turning points in my life. All of them are. So if you feel like you're not getting over it and you're really sad, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm literally still sad about all of them. One of them happened nearly 10 years ago and I'm still, I'm still sad about it because it sucks. It sucks. Although I will say again, like those were all really significant moments for me and turning points for me. And I feel like I'm the person I am today because of those moments. So if you wanted to be optimistic about it, you could look at it like, well, I wonder in what ways this is going to help develop me as a character or whatever. But it's also fine to just be fucking bummed about it. It sucks. It sucks. And there's no real there's no real way around it. Honestly, like I still sometimes I'm like, what if I did just text you know, that girl from sophomore year of college. Like, what if I did text my ex-best friend from high school? Like, what if I did? But the rejection of that would hurt so much more than the rejection of, like, an ex, like an ex-boyfriend. And I just can't do it. And so I don't. I think, look, not every friendship is meant to last forever. We know that. Friendships fade beautifully. They, they often do. And it doesn't mean you don't love that person or care about that person. But when a friendship ends violently, like when a friendship is broken, it does kind of feel like there's this, if you think of your friendships as a tree, right? I think I talked about this truly on the first episode of this entire podcast. You think about your relationships, your friendships as a tree. So there are friends that go all the way down to the root. They go all the way to the top and that branch keeps growing. They're part of the trunk. There are friendships that kind of branch off and they are last for a little while and then they end. Um, there are short branches and long branches and they all make up this beautiful tree that is your relationships and they're one. It's it all builds to something beautiful even if it doesn't last forever. But then if you think about it, like a friendship breakup, that's like a broke, that's like someone took an axe to a limb of your tree and just like cut it off. That's traumatizing for the tree. It's traumatizing for you. It's not the same thing as something gracefully ending or fading. It's really painful and really upsetting. So don't like chastise yourself for feeling sad about it still. You can feel sad about it for the rest of your goddamn life if you want to. Oops, my birth control alarm is going off. And, you know, you did mention therapy. Talk about it in therapy. No matter how long it's been, you can talk about it in therapy. I don't know. I had this conversation with my therapist actually somewhat recently because I was like, <laughs> okay, saying this out loud to you guys actually does make me realize how insane it sounded probably to my therapist. But I was like, I feel like if I keep talking about the same things over and over in therapy, you're going to be like, oh, God, not this girl again. Like, <laughs> My therapist is like going to judge me for talking about the same thing over and over. And she's like, hey, no, first of all, I'm never going to judge you. Therapy is about talking about things over and over again and processing things over and over again. There's not like a end period of when you process something, you process it and keep processing it. And you think something new about it and you learn something new about yourself. And like things take time and they don't always go away. So talk about it with your therapist, talk about it with your friends, talk about it as much as you want. Call into the show again and talk about it. I don't care. It's good to talk about it and process it and think about it and feel it because the more you get upset with yourself for feeling sad about it, the less likely you are to feel any better about it. So that's how I feel about friend breakups. <laughs> TLDR, they fucking suck. 
Zero out of ten would not recommend. And let's get into our last voicemail um, about feminism. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Hold on. About feminism. Fuck, I can't do this. Just here's the voicemail. Hi, Allie. Um, I'm listening to your episode about um, paying for the date and like, does woman pay, does a man pay, whatever. And I wanted you to talk more about feminism and like your views on it. And I think it's really interesting because people are so stuck on like, what does a woman do? Like, what should she do? But like, to me as a feminist, like a woman can do anything. Like, that's what we have the rights to do. And we can choose to like, stay at home and like, be a stay at home mom, or we can choose to go out and have a career and like fall in that field. And I think it's hard. I'm also looking at moving in with my boyfriend and how it'll look if I'm like, I'm keeping my career, but I'm still moving in with him and like following him to a city. And I don't, I'm so worried about being like anti-feminist and like dependent and um, not independent in my own way, if that makes sense. I don't know what to say. But essentially, I learned that feminism is the right for me to choose to go do that. Like, I want to go do it, and so I can. Um, And so, yeah, if you could just like dive more into that about like, I don't know, the whole anti-feminist movement or whatever, that would be really cool. Love the pod. Bye. So it's actually really funny to get this voicemail because I've been seeing so many TikToks lately. I don't know if you guys are seeing these or not. There's like all these like anti-feminist, like trad wife, like women who are against feminism TikToks lately. Like women who are kind of parroting these um, these views that are made by or these views that are espoused by these like very anti-feminist male podcasts you know the um you know the alpha male podcast dudes and it's really really interesting to me because I think it's very telling that this is popping up right now because a lot of these women are feeling this resentment about like kind of having to work like having to have a two um to parent household that works because they want to be a stay-at-home mom and they feel like that choice was taken away from them by feminism like by women want women wanting to work and have their own bank accounts and their own financial um, freedom and all that kind of stuff but like girl don't be mad at feminism for that that's capitalism (laughs) it's not feminism's fault that you can't like that people cannot afford to have only one person working in a household anymore like that's capitalism small, but that's a whole different that's a whole different topic. I think it's really interesting that a lot of the conversation around feminism does ha- like has boiled down to these almost like inconsequential conversations of, well, what if I don't want to work or what if I do want to be a stay at home mom or or women like making fun of other women who do want to stay at home or be mothers or those kinds of things. Um Almost as though it's a distraction from the real issues that we need to be focusing on, if that makes sense. Because at the end of the day, if you're a feminist, then you understand that, you, again, like what you said, your choice of what you want to do with your life is your choice. Absolutely. You can, if something makes you happy, go ahead and do it. You know, you want to do all the housework that makes you happy, go ahead and do it. But, you know, you don't, there's no obligation. It's not like that's a woman's role. Like, it's not like that. And also, you don't have the right to then tell other women, like enforce that on other women that they have to do that. And I think that that basic like equity of choice, I guess I would call it, that's like the easy, simple answer. But I do think people get distracted, are like very distracted by that argument when, and I do sometimes wonder if that's, an intentional thing. Because at a time where we are in many states completely losing reproductive freedom, um, where women are learning, earning less than men across the board, women of color earning even less than that, when women's pain is not being taken as seriously by doctors, again, women of color even less so than that, the maternal death rate, like the, sorry, maternal mortality, um, like that of black women in particular is astounding and horrifying. There are issues with equality in our society, like equality between men and women. But because things 
end up boiling down to this conversation. And I'm sorry, I don't want to make it sound like I'm like (laughs) yelling at you for this. I think you understand. Um, You understand what I'm saying. Like, because we're like very distracted by this fight of like these like, I don't know, like the traditional family values thing. It's like because we're we're almost distracted by this issue that's a non-issue because it is a non-issue. You can do whatever you want, (laughs) plain and simple. Make choices that make you happy. It's not anti-feminist to move in with your boyfriend if you're making a choice that also makes sense for you and makes you happy. And I'm not like a conspiracy theorist. Well, <clears throat> there are conspiracies, I believe. Like, for example, <laughs> I definitely believe there's some shit out in space that they don't want to tell us about. Like, I don't know. I think they're lying about a lot of space stuff. There's my conspiracy theory. But I also think like there is there is this... um real resurgence in these like oh high value men and calling women females and like this kind of like a boilerplate sexism where it's like women belong in the kitchen make me a sandwich and it's like bro I feel like we've moved past that whole situation where it's almost like you can't believe that somebody is actually saying this in the year of our lord 2022 but then you also have women saying kind of the same thing like I do feel like some of that is like kind of a distraction for the things that are actually going wrong because if we're fighting about whether it's anti-feminist to pay for a date or if it's anti-feminist to um, not work and be a stay-at-home mom if we're having that argument there's a lot less energy towards the fight for for example reproductive health and reproductive justice I don't know the like waves of feminism like I couldn't tell you what like first wave second wave third wave fourth wave feminism is but i do know that the issues that we're facing are much more complex than like what feels to me like first wave feminism this idea of like women working or staying at home and does it mean you're a bad woman if you work or a bad woman if you stay home or should we judge women who choose to stay home or should we like that is all very (laughs) like I don't know. I feel like we've solved that. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like we've, we're past that. Like, women can do whatever they want. End of story, period, end of story. You know what I mean? I feel like we've solved that. And there's more complex things that we need to be worried about. But because we're still somehow having this conversation and this fight, it's like all these things that are going unsolved and unanswered. It's kind of like the, okay, we're going to get a little bit crazy here. You can completely skip this if you want to. I'm just going to talk about class solidarity here for a second. It's kind of like the way that like we're distracted by certain um, kind of like dumb issues. Okay, like, you know, like the Republicans kind of used like critical race theory. That was like a recent thing. They used that as this like divisiveness tool to get people angry at like, oh, liberals versus um, Republicans or conservatives or whatever, like there's this like fighting when at our core, those that shit doesn't really matter. That's a fight that you don't need to be having because it's not actually really happening. No one's teaching critical race theory to third graders. You know what I mean? And also, you don't know the definition of critical race theory or you would not think that reading a book about race is critical race theory. Anyways, they use that as a, a kind of a distraction. And then we don't realize that actually we have a lot more in common than we do you know, differences. And what we all really want is a certain standard of living that we're not reaching. Class solidarity, people who are, you know, not making a living wage, all banding together to fight for that, that makes an impact. But as long as we're distracted by things that are not as important as earning a living wage or being able to afford health care or being able to afford college, as long as we're not united in our, our general desire for that, you know, nothing has to change. And I think it's kind of the same thing with feminism. That was kind of garbled. But like, (laughs) I feel like as long as we're distracted by the things that don't matter, like we're less likely to all come together and fight for the things that we all deserve and we all want. Right. Okay, that got serious. But (laughs) I honestly don't know if that made any sense. But that's kind of how I feel about feminism. I feel like there are more complex and more important things to worry about than what somebody else is choosing to do with their life. And whatever makes you happy makes you happy. Go ahead and do that. And if somebody tries to make you feel like you're being anti-feminist for doing something that makes you happy, fuck that person. Um, And yeah, that's a weird way to end the episode. But I that's (laughs) that's kind of all I have to say about any of that. Interesting week. I'm like so frazzled today, but I love you guys very, very much. Our song of the week this week is Trees by Maude Latour. 
banger, banger and a half. I love Maude Latour. I think she's really, really fun. Um, and I feel like not enough people know who she is. So go look her up and listen to her music. It's really, really fun. I love you guys again. Once again, I'm just going to say that. I got a really funny voicemail this week from the Discord. <laughs> they were hanging out in Boston. Um, so you can feel free to join the Discord if you want. The link is on my profile. You can leave a voicemail if you want to call in. The voicemail line is 847-282-0462. Always happy to hear from you no matter what you want to talk about. You can also always send me a DM. You can follow me on Instagram at Ellie underscore Schnitt. And that's honestly where I post a, a lot on stories like questions and polls for the show. Also, the link to the Discord and the voicemail line are linked in my Instagram profile, but the voicemail is also always in the description of every show. If you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast, Taylor Talk with Spotify. And let's see, is that it? Obviously, you can follow me on Twitter at Holy underscore Schnitt and TikTok at Ellie Schnitt. And I think that's everything. So I'll just say it. I love you guys. Thank you so much for all your support. If you like the show, please feel free to subscribe. Tell a friend. If you have guests you want to hear from, let me know. I've reached out to a couple of really interesting people for the month of September. So hopefully that will be fun for us. And then, and I just hope you have such a great week. I hope you had a great Labor Day. I hope you had a day off. I hope you have a beautiful week. I love you guys so, 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 so much as always. Have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a great one and I will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.